and we are here tuning in from Nashville. Patrick Carpenter, how's it going? What's up, man? Not too much, man. Um, dude, the weather looks nicer where you are than where I am. It's like 90 kilometer winds here. Yeah, we, uh, it looks great now. Over the last weekend, though, we unfortunately had about 12 to 15 inches of rain, I think, over the last few days. Had some really bad flooding on Saturday night, Sunday morning. Dude, I was driving home last night and I saw cars and trees. That should tell you how bad it was. So I'm very thankful to, to just be right here right now. Absolutely. Yeah, because it was like tornado warnings or something, wasn't there? Dude, it was literally everything. I mean, yeah. I, I have never seen lightning like that. That's like, unreal. Yeah, yeah, which which is kind of weird because about a year ago right now, we had the same thing happen. That's right. So, yeah. Yeah, when I saw, I was seeing a bunch of people posting stuff, and I was like, oh, no, it's not happening again. It's it's funny now, after the last year or so, how that stuff just doesn't even phase us anymore. Yeah, that's <laughs> you know? crazy. Yeah. Um, so how's, how's quarantine? Uh, out in Nashville, you guys are – pretty normal out there now aren't you to to an extent um there's still a mask mandate there's still a capacity mandate um people are still being um as safe and as smart as they possibly can be right now um but things are getting there um i was on broadway about two weeks ago and it was good to see bands playing live it was good to see folks outside um so we're slowly but surely kind of getting a little bit back to normal right now perfect and what do you find like your biggest struggles have been during all this oh man um you know i think the biggest struggle for myself and so many of us was just to connect with with people um i always joke i'm like an extroverted introvert um like i like people but you know i need like a few days to just you know have me also for sure. um, but so just kind of being able to connect and find ways to do that over the last year um has at least for me been the most challenging thing um the other thing is i love to write i love to record i love doing all that but the opportunity to go out and play hasn't been there um i've been fortunate over the last month to have played about eight or ten gigs and that's been great um which is kind of crazy to think last year i think i only got to about six and so i've, I've already played more in the last month and a half than i did all of last year and so yeah awesome and uh where are you right now so um, let me give some context first. Uh, I Part of my life is I am the assistant quarterbacks coach and sports information director for Lipscomb football here in Nashville. So I'm sitting literally in the press box, and there's our beautiful turf field right there. I thought this would look better, <laughs> but instead <laughs> I look like I just got stuck in the back shed somewhere. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I had to ask because I could see the reflection off the window. So I was like, Where yeah, it's, it is a beautiful, it's one of the prettiest high school fields that I've seen um, in the state. Uh, we just got it put in going in, into last season. Um, and yeah, it looks great. What, what I like about it, this is for all the football nerds out there is that turf tends to be really hot because it's uh, tires basically. Right. And so there's even like a coolant under it that helps to like keep it, uh, not miserable during the summer. Nice. So, yeah. awesome. What's, uh, what's it like working with Trent Dilfer? What's it like working with Trent? Uh, um, you're talking about a guy who's got 15 years of playing in the NFL. He, he was a Heisman finalist, um, won a Super Bowl. He's been to the mountaintop. I've never met somebody more detailed, 
um, somebody uh, just as passionate as somebody is about what they love. Sure. Um, I hope my passion reflects out in the whatever it is that I do, like it does with with him. Um, it's funny to the kind of you know I had three years of coaching experience coming here in 2019. Within a few weeks, I realized real quickly that I know nothing. And uh, you know it's it's funny to kind of think about football and how detail you you can obviously tell it's very detailed, but to even talk about. Uh, the degree at how the quarterback places his foot on play action. That's a 30 minute conversation. Um, and so it's, it's been really interesting to get into and see a, just a little bit of the mind of somebody who played, in my opinion, the hardest position in sports sure. and to see how, just how much of a grind this is every week. I'm, I will be going into my, I'm losing count. I think my sixth year coaching now. Oh, wow. And I feel like I've learned in the past two seasons here what I would have learned in about 15 years of just coaching high school football. For sure. And how, how did you get into all of that? Yeah, uh, football was always my vice. I love music, and I kind of needed something to kind of get me out of that. And I got in the football heavily in high school. When I, so when I got to college, my first year at Mississippi State, there was a coach football class. I was like, you got to be kidding me. I, I can literally get an A for this. And so I took the class and I loved it. Um, I was not in Nashville, though, so I transferred to Lipscomb. And my last – so, okay, and then I began like a sports talk radio show where I kind of just talked about football constantly and it grew into talking about like reactionary sports where kind of like you come in, you know, after a game and you just freak out about it. Um, I kind of more so love the like behind the scenes quarterback detailing stuff. And so my last year I needed another internship. So I got a coaching internship and uh, which was the same thing that like John Gruden did and so many other coaches I was just kind of see what it was like. And so I began coaching at Franklin High School, and I loved it so much. I was there for three seasons. And, um, you know, it's, it's kind of funny to talk to somebody who – because really you don't think about music and sports blending, like, with each other in this level. Right. Like, maybe you make a cool video or something, but that's it. And so – but I think these two things, man, I think they correlate so much. There's a grind – with both of these things that I think are unparalleled. Um, and so that's, that's kind of how I fell into this craziness. What's cool about Trent, when I came in for the interview, um, I had no intentions to coach again. I got done with my third year and I was my, I just released my EP. It had done well. Um, and I go into the interview with Trent. I got suit on my boots on looking as Nashville as I possibly can. And he asked me if I had any other interest. And I mentioned, well, you know, I'm kind of a singer songwriter, guitar player. And he bought my album right there. And oh, cool. it was just, it's, it's really cool to work for somebody who not only wants you to be successful here, but wants to prepare you to be successful out of here and wants to just see you grow. And it doesn't matter what it is. Right. So, yeah, man. Yeah. Awesome. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Um, so before COVID, uh, you were opening for artists such as Cheryl Crow. You were selling out venues in your own name. 
Uh, tell us about the experience with Cheryl Crow. Like, what was it like opening for her? Uh, man, that was a whirlwind. It was funny. Um, the opportunity came, and I think me and my band had only played about 20 full band shows, maybe. Yeah. And so it was kind of like, man, are we actually, like, ready for this? And I said to myself, I was like, oh, heck, here we are. Like, there's no way I'm going to say no to this. We went out there, gave probably the best, like, 40 minutes of, of my whole life. Um, when I got to meet her, I just have to say, she is the most humble person that I've ever met to have had the success that she has. Sure. Um, she wanted to talk to me about everything. And she just, I mean, which, you know, you kind of don't always expect that from, from somebody who has a right to not be like that. You know, you're, you're talking about what, 10 Grammys, 30 number one singles, um and like she could not have been the most humble person um i think what i learned from that was not only how to really be an even better entertainer but that it really does matter like who you are as a person um and i became an even bigger fan of her just from that just from knowing that she is as authentic as they can possibly come nice and is there a story that you have backstage that you're able to share that maybe no one knows as of today? Uh, well, so what's funny about it was these security folks were real like hard nosed about, Hey, don't be coming in and out. Don't be doing, you know, like don't mess with our process. Right. So I said, cool, I'm not leaving. And so I didn't leave the stage ever. We got done with our set and I was like, I'm going to at least tell her thank you. Like, I, I have to say something. And, um, and so I, I stayed backstage. This was probably one of the coolest things ever. They had to, um, she was only playing a handful of songs, but they brought all of the gear out, everything. It looked like an Eric Clapton Crossroads Festival. There was so much gear. Yeah. And the guitar player had racks of guitars, basses, and everything. And inside the case was a set list from when that just said Wembley Stadium, July 27th, Eagles opening set. And it was their set list from opening with the Eagles. And I was like, why am I here? <laughs> like, this makes no sense. And, and, you know, it was funny when I kind of pushed my way up to the green room and I got in and she just turns around and she goes, you must be Patrick. And that was when I was just like, okay, wow. And that was when, you know, we began to, to, to talk and, you know, it's, it's really hard to kind of see somebody that's so successful like that. And I kind of had the same thing with uh, Trent too. Like it's so hard to see somebody so successful, be so humble. And it's, it's, it's a great experience. Um, and, you know, it just kind of, to me, that just teaches you no matter how much success that you get, um, just keep being who you are and authenticity to me speaks a lot. And so it's a long way. I think. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. For sure. All right. Um, let's talk music. Now I got a long list yeah. of your stuff here. Uh, 2019, your album Friday night, hallelujah debuted at number three on the iTunes singer songwriter charts. Yeah. Um, I think just recently you, you passed 2 million streams as well. I did last uh, Saturday. Nice. Congrats on that. Thank you. And then this past year, you've released five songs, Looking Like a Heartbreak, Bottle Time, Meet Mama, Waiting, and Down to the Water. 
which yeah. are all a part of your new upcoming album, Chasing Me, which yeah. you can expect in June. Um, so, uh, I'm planning second, third, or fourth weekend of June. Okay, but, perfect. Well, tell us about this album, kind of how everything's come together. Yeah, uh, we talked about quarantine a little bit at the beginning. Uh, that's what I did. I wrote. Um, I was not going to allow for a year of my life to pass by and not do anything. Yep. Um, I think the easy answer for myself and so many of us was just keep on writing. Um, and I wrote Meet Mama and a few other songs, and we went into the studio. The really cool thing about uh, my process is I'm produced by Brent Ryder, and Brent was the band leader for Joe Nichols for a long time and one of the most talented people I've ever met. And when he does projects for people, he plays everything. So when the whole like 10 to 12 person limit came, there's only me and him in there. So we could record as much as we wanted to. Nice. So I recorded a couple of songs at the beginning of last year, expecting them to just be singles. And I kind of like the process of, okay, cool. Here's two songs. Here's one more. A few months go by. Hey, here's two more songs. And next thing I knew, I've got like eight songs, 10 songs, 12 songs. And then I just sent in the last four songs. And so it was kind of an interesting way to look at an album where there was no immediate pressure to get this done. Sure. Um, and it really allowed me to take my time with it. The, the biggest lesson I learned from the first album is that, you know, we live in this age now of Spotify and streaming and so, like every song really does matter. And so there's a couple of songs from the first record. I, I kind of said, you know, I kind of wish I, I didn't do that. And with this one, I didn't want to make that, that same mistake. I, I, I wanted every song to have its own meaning have, and for every song to have a reason to be there. Absolutely. Um, and so, you know, man, I just kind of, I never really planned on doing a second album this soon. Um, I didn't really plan on, especially with just the way that the, industry has shifted to not just kind of stop doing singles um and so but it just kind of fell this way uh i'm very happy about it um i i love this album i, I think it shows so much growth from from the first one not just i think in the first album i was writing songs to get to the guitar solo that this time it was like no let's write these songs for the song and i think that and i Man, I, I hate to say it. I think it kicks the first album just out the water. Perfect. And um, yeah. Nice. And um, do you find yourself, you know, with the quarantine and stuff, do you find that you were more creative during this, all of this, you know, being able to rate without the life experiences and all that stuff? Yeah, I, I think so. Um, there were a handful of songs from the first album that I kind of wrote a couple of years before that. So there had been life experiences that I really hadn't, touched on yet um my life going into quarantine was kind of just going crazy like you you go from opening to cheryl crow in, in august to headlining in philly um mississippi i was in washington uh like january of last year it feels like it was forever now but like there was so much leading up to it that i didn't really ever unpack right. and so this kind of gave me the opportunity to really sit around and think um and yeah nice yeah. awesome and uh how can you named it chasing me chasing me that's a great one um how do i do this without talking about the song um because <laughs> no, there's so many because i like it okay 
here's the best way I can say it. There are trends in country music. You know, there's trends right now that I don't necessarily like. Um, I would love to tell you, man, that I was raised on like Waylon, Willie and Cash. I wasn't. I was raised on Brooks and Dunn, Kenny Chesney, Brad Paisley, Keith Urban. And it felt like there was times in the first record where I was chasing the trends at the time. And with this one, I said, you know, we've had a little bit of success. And but I was like, if I'm going to keep doing this, I want to keep doing what I want to do. And Meet Mama is this like 2003, four vein of country music where there's a little bit of pop in it, but it's very like, it still sounds very natural is the best way I can say it. Like there's a fiddle, you know, there's a train beat, like there's all of that. And so I kind of wanted to say, like, there's a piece of me that said, I just want to keep chasing me, like chase who I want to be. The song chasing me, is about me running into my ex in October of last year. Uh, this is a girl that I plan to marry. This is a girl that I plan to spend the rest of my life with. And since we broke up, she's gotten, she got married a couple of years ago. And when I ran into her that day and I saw the ring and everything, I was like, yeah, I, I guess I finally stopped running to you and I began to chase me. And that's, and I was kind of like, you know, that's really what this whole album's been about. It's like maybe not so much twisting my arm to get to the next trend in country, you know, maybe not me being overly pop, like more pop than I want to be, you know, and, um, and that, you know, I, I really hope these songs come from a real place. Like that's, that's what I truly hope. So okay, nice. Yeah. And, uh, you're saying you don't want to talk too much about the song, but you do have it. A- we can talk about it. I okay. mean, I would love okay. it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you have the new, a new one also called Chasing Me. Right. Yeah. When can we expect that one? Um, I think I'm going to drop it all at the same time. But I will say this. When you pre-order the album, there's there's a tease. You can get the song e- immediately. And oh, so perfect. that's going to be one of two songs that you can download immediately if you do the pre-order. So, okay and is yeah. it ready to pre-order now or when will it, that be it'll be ready to pre-order in about a month in about a month yeah yeah perfect and yeah. uh what's that song about pretty much the same general facing me yeah you know was um i ran into her and i said you know i just kind of want to start to just chase me um what i i love about it as a songwriter is the chorus flip-flops around yeah. Um, if you listen to the lyrics, you know, it said, uh, who thought that losing you would end up freeing me? Who thought that, uh, who said love was blind, can't see what I see? And I think for so long, I allowed myself to hold myself back. And that's really what I'm kind of saying there. Um, and, you know, I think most of us, whether it's a relationship, it's a job, it's school, it's something, we've all had something in, in our lives that's, that we have allowed ourselves to, to hold ourselves back. And I don't know about you, but for me, man, like the best things in my life have, have happened two ways. It's either by accident or it's been me just allowing things to be. And that's, that's kind of what I just wanted for this song to be about. And you just like allowing things to be like, just letting it happen, letting it do its thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of what's happening on my end. I kind of just yeah. letting it do its thing. If something happens great. And it seems to be working that way. Yeah. Right. When I you- mean, like I, I joke about things happening by accident, 
Yeah. I think that's, I think that's a part of that too, okay. where, you know, I think the, I mean, look at where I'm at. I'm, I'm working with a guy who knows a billion times more football than, than me, but it's just the opportunities there. And I, I think instead of, it's a fine line where you still have to keep working, like, you know, but you still like take the opportunity. Um, I, I think and this is a, a weird kind of example, but I think the reason why people in sports after they get drafted don't do well is because they got the opportunity because of the hard work that they did. It's not because necessarily of who they can be. It's, it's what you did. Right. And the reason they don't fail, the reason they fail at the next level is because they didn't keep on working. And so it's easy to say, yeah, I got to open for a 20 time Grammy winning artist. I'm working for a guy who's going to teach me more football than I've ever known. But then it's okay. Once you get hired, once you get the gig, what are you going to do after that? That's right. And so, yeah. Nice. Yeah. All right, man. So with the, um, <laughs> here's with, my sermon. <laughs> hey, with, with yeah. the release or with the release coming up, you know, um, what's next for you in the music scene? Um, right now that's kind of it. Um, the, the reason I waited to now to release it, we, I probably had all these songs written about two months ago. Yeah. Um, I didn't really want to release a full project without getting to gig for it. Um, I saw that happen with a few friends last year who worked so hard on their albums and then they weren't able to go out and play it. Uh, and I didn't want that to happen here. And so the, the next steps is just kind of figuring out where each state is. Um, I've been good. I've, I've, I've been fortunate to find uh, a nice little crowd of people at these places that I've gone to. And so I would love to go out and travel again during the summer. Yep. Um, just with the way, you know, the world is right now. I don't, I don't know when that will be, but right now it's just about, finishing this project up um, and just continue to promote it and work and keep it going. Cool, man. And last thing for those who don't know, where can they find you on social media? You can find me at all accounts, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. It is at Pat Carp music. Um, yeah. Follow me on Instagram. Uh, keep up with everything. So cool, man. All right, man. Well, thanks for taking the time. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely, man. And uh, I'm sure once we can travel, I'll be I'll be down there soon. Dude, please. Yeah, absolutely. We'll, uh, we'll Come say hey. Something. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, man. Thanks again. Everyone go grab Patrick Carpenter's pre-order it when it comes out in about a month. Yeah, I would say the last week of April. Yep. Last week of April. That's, just, that's another reason to just follow me on Instagram. Absolutely. Keep an eye out for when it's coming and make sure you guys go grab that. And Patrick, thanks again, man. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much, man. We'll talk soon. Yes, sir. All right.